There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see WCNTV everyone and welcome to today's episode of WCN TV. I'm Rob Pugh, your host, and this is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. Uh, before we get into things, we have uh, the one and only Ray LeBlanc um, in our studio audience today. And um, Ray has an event coming up uh, September 9th through 11th, and I'm going to let him uh, talk us through that. How are you doing, Ray? Great, Rob. Thank you for the intro. Uh we're looking forward to this. We did it last year at the same place in Hatley. That's Neil and Mary's farm. And all the instructions are on that uh, Coach Dave's website. Uh, some of the information that you got posted here as well. But uh, it's going to be a great time. The, the price is as low as I could get at $49 for three nights. Friday night, all day Saturday, two meals included. And then Sunday morning communion service and shared testimonies. What we want to do is have people um share what they experienced uh, throughout the weekend and uh some interesting guests uh of course coach dave um uh, is the uh drawing ticket that's uh who i'm involved with uh on this event is the salt and light brigade through coach dave dobmeyer uh but we got a couple of locals that are very interesting uh speakers as well Karen Mueller, she ran for a state attorney general, uh, a woman with great moral ethics and religious background. And she would have been a, a great pick, but of course, you know, uh, she got rejected, didn't, came in, I think, third place. But she's got a lot of uh, insight and information to share regarding getting involved in, in our local politics, because as we know, all politics are local. So uh, she'll help us to be encouraged to stay engaged to get into the race wherever the Lord puts you. Um, Karen, Karen did, you know, I thought she did pretty well. Um, she had like 60-some thousand votes. And uh, considering the budget she was working with, uh, I think she did pretty well. Yeah, she's well overspent for sure. But uh, uh, And then Pastor Matt Trella, he's always uh, inspirational. With uh, He's got uh, the missionaries to the preborn. He's got the... Uh, uh, doctrine of the the lesser magistrate, uh, his own mercy seat church, uh, a great a great speaker, uh, preacher. Uh, people that know him, uh, you know, you want you want you want to hear him. 
talk. And as long uh, his son-in-law as well, Jason Storms, he'll be here. And uh, uh, he's another when he's in charge right now of OSA, Operation Save America. So he's got his plate pretty full. He's uh, works full time, and he's 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 got that presidential uh, that position in OSA now that Rusty Thomas and Flip Benham had in the past. So these are big shoes and a local uh was scott scara and he had a daughter named grace uh she had down syndrome and uh it's a sad story but out of the madison i believe it was madison uh hospital uh, it was appleton 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 that yeah. uh they, they they forced the jab on her and uh they ended up taking her life from malpractices is the suit that's going on now so he's going to give us some information on on the ins and outs of uh, the wicked medical system we have to deal with. So it, all, all interesting speakers and a lot of free time to fellowship and get to get get to know each other. So looking forward to it. Thank you for the time there, Rob. Yeah, the, the fellowship is, is extremely important. And uh, tell you the truth, it's the reason that I go. Uh, because I know all these guys. I've heard them all speak before, but um, the, the fellowship is great. Um, Jason Storms, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Um, he did the wedding I, for your daughter, right? Yeah, he did my daughter's wedding, which if I if I look a little worn out today, it's because I am worn out. <laughs> my daughter and her husband came to visit us from Texas, and um, we're here for a few days. And um, they wore us out. And my daughter is expecting her first child so in November, so... Um, looking forward to being a grandpa again, but uh, you know I've worked with uh, Coach and and Matt and Jason uh, on the streets, and and Jason is phenomenal to hear him um, engage with, especially young people on college campuses. It's it's amazing. He's he's right on. So I encourage you to come out for that uh, September 9th through eleventh, Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday morning. Um, come for one day or come for all three. Um, and you can get all that information if you go to coachdavelive.com. Just click on events um, and scroll down to that date, and you'll you'll find all the information. You can register. How's the registration going, Ray? Uh, yep. It's now that we have everything in place, uh, and we're getting exposure through you know this avenue right here, and uh, uh, I got the full event all completed now. Uh, we're down all about. 20 signups, but I know there's going to be right now, uh, this week, I believe we're going to, we're going to see the numbers jump up. So, yeah. uh, just trust in the Lord. The numbers will be there when we need them. The right people will be there. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to just gathering together. Just occupy till I come and forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. So, uh, the devil wants to scare us away and not get us involved, but we get involved like this. We build fellowship, we build friendships and, it's an everlasting experience that you can carry with you for the rest of your life. So get yep. involved, come and join us. Well, and all of our events have always sold out. So um, I have no doubt that, you know, we'll be there again. So Amen. anyway, so Thank let's you. move on, folks. Should we move on? Um, you know, we live in unprecedented times. You'll likely soon be required to stand and defend that which you love. The normal order of society is irretrievably broken and it's not going back to normal. Forces of tyranny are executing a progressively oppressive game plan of omnifaceted 
total asymmetric war, there will be nowhere to run. Those bearing traditional values have become public enemy number one, while seemingly all forms of evil are celebrated. All this points to an imminent Antichrist age. Therefore, as Christ followers, we must adopt a right posture for war, a warrior mindset, which is essential for overcoming in such an age. Those are a few of the opening words of the book, Nehemiah Strong, by author John Dislin. We're honored to have John as our guest here on the program today. I met John for the first time a few years ago at, I think it was the second annual national gathering of Coach Dave Salt and Light Brigade in Ohio. And we were thankful to have a warrior like him on our team because John is a big guy. We were together again at Coach's Place a couple months ago and a couple of pictures there. When, when I say he's a big guy, if you look at that picture, you know what I'm talking about. He is a big guy. <laughs> Size 17 shoes. And John, you must just get so tired of people talking about that. It's like I, my daughter, my our middle daughter is tall, and she's so she gets so tired of people saying, "Do you know how tall you are? You're really tall." <laughs> it is it is it is funny, Rob, how many people seem to respond in a manner where they they seem to sincerely believe that you're not aware of it. So yeah. that can be funny. Yeah, she she can relate. So anyway, John has been a lifelong student of scripture and history. He worked in the financial sector for many years in many er different areas of expertise. He's also worked to help counter human trafficking and has studied ham radios, alternative communications, and first responder medical services. Nehemiah Strong uh, is his book. It's a field manual for the spiritual warfare that we must all engage in right now. It's a field manual that teaches believers to stand, occupy, and overcome in the spiritual battle that's raging all around us. Like John himself, Nehemiah Strong is a big book. Let me see if I can. Hold on. It's kind of heavy. your elbow, Rob. Yeah. Can, can you see that? Eight and a half by 11 in size, 480 pages. Um, 13 main body sections, 258 subsections, 32 essential supplements, and 15 exhibits. You'll also find over 100 scripture references and hundreds more links to online resources and additional information. So today, as everybody is asking the question, what can we do about all the evil and wicked plans that the enemy seems to be overwhelming us with, Nehemiah Strong will provide practical and spiritual answers that you're looking for. So, John, let's take it away here. This yes, is sir. a pretty pretty big project for you, wasn't it? You know, it was. And uh, what's funny about it is that when I started, I really started with a pretty narrow, isolated view and perspective on what it was going to be about. It was going to be about that proverbial knock on the door and your loving public servants, you know, wanting you to comply with, you know, whatever uh, ends they had in mind for you that day. Um, and so that was the, the starting scope. And um, I, I'm, uh, I'm reminded, I think it's from Psalm 127, where it says, but the Lord build the house, the builders build in vain but the Lord riseth or watcheth the watchman riseth in vain. 
And I've had experiences in my life where uh, I was involved in various projects where God's hand wasn't in it. And, and I, I can experience, I, I can attest to how utterly futile it can be when you're doing something kind of on your own. And he's just, he's waiting for you to, <laughs> to have enough. Um, but this was the opposite of that. You know, it took almost two years and, um, and what was really something that was really uh, enriching to me and encouraging to me was that the further I went down the path, the more I feel like he showed me in terms of, you know, people need to, people need to understand the importance of the warrior mindset. People need to understand their spiritual authority. People really need to be invigorated and encouraged with my word and, and encouragement and hope. And, um, uh, that, that he'll never leave them nor forsake them and, and to infuse that into the work. And so it was really, an incredible journey because when I, when I look at this thing now, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at it and thought, where in the world did that, did that come from? <laughs> you know, how did, how did I think to include that in the book? So uh, it was an amazing journey to produce. And I'll just, I'll just finish by saying that, um, you know, God's idea for a work is always better than our idea. And I'm, I'm grateful to him for, leading me in a way to create something that's really had an impact on people and, and not been as narrow as what I had in mind when I started. Well, I can kind of relate to that, John, because, you know, I do a, a twice weekly radio commentary and, and I sit down to write these messages out before I record them. And I have the exact thing I want to say yeah. in, in my head and I sit down and I start writing and it's, it's completely different from anything I could have imagined when it comes out. And it's like, well, I guess we'll use my idea next time. Maybe God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But his idea is always better. Isn't it's always it? better. Always yeah. better. Yeah. In it's, fact, it's, in fact, you know, I got to say, if I could just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say brag because I think it's his book more than my book, but you know, I really, really love that, you know, flaming lion of Judah head mm -hmm. on the front. The, the first idea I had for the cover was so, I don't know, I, I'll call it sophomoric. You know, it was just, it was goofy and clunky and everybody around me was sort of, you know, biting their lip a little bit in terms of being supportive, but not loving the cover. And, you know, oh, about yeah, that's, that's, that's really nice, John. Good job. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a month or six weeks later, it just, this just kind of uh, amalgamated in my mind and uh, my lovely uh, digital assistant, uh, well, not digital assistant, but digital expert uh, helper, Gina, kind of helped craft it into shape. And so once again, you know, I had this goofy, clunky idea and, and uh, praise God that He's not like that. He's not a clunky, you know, goofy God. He's he's the Lord God Almighty. So, I, and and plus, I have a cover I love to look at now. So that's that's nice. There you go. It'd make a good, nice, uh, beautiful wall poster for you too. Exactly. You Just know, a suggestion. I'm a printer guy, so you know, I, I always get these ideas. Yeah, I went. I went and had a few of these plaques made up that I've shared with a oh, few cool. people. Oh, so. cool. That's what I'm talking about. Kind of fun, yeah. So, well, you have two basic scriptures um, that you kind of 
kind of encapsulates the days we're living in now. If we can put up Isaiah 59, 19, uh, Spence. There you go, 59, 19. That's our first one. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. Yep. And then the next one, Daniel 11.32, just kind of the second half. But they that do know their, their God shall be strong and do exploits. So those are the two points kind of that, uh, that the book is, you know, sprouts from. But it, it goes way beyond that, doesn't it? It, it, it does, although importantly, I think those two scriptures serve as really powerful bookends. You know, that, that, that and, and you know, I, I'll be curious to your input on this, Rob, but one of the things that I've just been astounded by over recent years is looking at scripture, looking at eschatology and prophecy and look at what's happening in the world and just it's it's like scripture is being fulfilled almost every seemingly every day now and um and so years ago as a younger man if i'd read that you know sort of artistic uh flowery prose from isaiah you know it's almost poetic where it's it paints this vivid picture of a battlefield and and the enemy you know it, is a is a is a person not not a human but it, it's a it's a it's a uh he satan is a sentient being and mm-hmm. so he is coming in like a flood and the spirit of the lord raising up that standard against him that's a battlefield picture you know that's a picture of the lord at the fulcrum of of de- decisiveness decision on the battlefield calling to in my opinion, to his people, his hosts, right? Because he's the Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Um, And a a minor epiphany that I had not so long ago was, you know, I'd always thought of the Lord of hosts as being the Lord of the heavenly armies. And he certainly is, right? And we know that there are angels. We know they're warring angels. And Michael is uh, typifies that, and if not exemplifies that. but but God has other hosts, and I think among the most profound of them is his earthly human adopted children host. You know, we are a host. We are an army for God. And um, and if if uh, if warfare imagery troubles you, then I think you ought to take it up with the Lord because it's it's repeated uh even in the new testament right with ephesians 6 so we are his host here on earth his human adopted children host and when he raises that standard he's not doing it for his own amusement he's doing it to call us to battle to call us to action and to in my opinion to run at the enemy proverbially prophetically speaking with five smooth stones like david did uh, with Goliath. And then the other piece, of course, in what I just said, being confirmed by Daniel, that they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And and I think, Rob, that that language of do exploits, that's such a 
peculiar phraseology for <laughs> for for that statement, but I think it's it's peculiar because it's de- it's designed to be extraordinarily broad. You know, there, there's a broad set of actions depending on what part of the body of Christ we are. We are called to do those exploits that that we were um, created to do, and, and and those works that, as it says in Ephesians, I think chapter two, those works that God laid up for us from before the 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 laying of the foundation of the world. He's he's created these tasks for us to do, and by golly, we need to go do them and and be busy about His business in this hour. Absolutely, and too many of us are. Content just uh, sitting and standing when we're told and, and singing when we're told and sitting down when we're told. And, mm. you know, people don't, even, know, people don't even take their Bibles to church anymore. They just rely on what's flashed up on the screen. And, and you know, I doubt that they open them during the week. Yeah. So. I, and if I could speak to that, you know, it's <laughs> I've had a really peculiar sort of walk here the last eight or so years doing things like running with uh, Russ Isdar, uh, God bless him, uh, for a couple of years and and really having almost like a a backstage pass to the the wickedness that goes on in the world. And and one of the things that I think people need to consider and and be mindful of is that this this insidious sort of indoctrination of us all um, to be passive, to sit back, to not take action, to, you know, turn the other cheek at every turn. It is not, um, what we were meant to do and meant to be who we were meant to be. You know, there is a war raging and they're coming for our blood. They're coming for our children. They're coming for our souls. There is, there is no part of our being and our well-being that they're not coming for. And if I just, I fundamentally reject anybody who has the mindset that, oh, you know, let's pray for them. Let's be meek. Let's turn the other cheek, that whole thing. The, I think the, the children demand it. I think God demands it that, that strong men and also women, uh, take to the battlefield, not in a kinetic sense, but in a, uh, a sense of standing up for what's right of, because ultimately there are going to be kids and grandkids who say, what did you do? And, and I am not speaking for myself. I am not going to be one of the, one of the people who doesn't have a good answer for that. Because yep. that question's coming, and and the question from the Lord is coming. You know, I gave you all these gifts, these talents. Why did you bury it? Exactly, exactly. And I I wrote a, a radio message on that very topic uh, right before things went haywire in March of 2020. So, but uh, wow. Anyway, I know I know a lot of people. Um, not only don't know what to do, but many Christians don't believe we should be doing anything at all. But, you know, there's there's so much material in your book. We could actually probably do a several-month series on this, but we're going to have to condense things down here. So um, 
And also, I, I do want to give people in our audience an opportunity to ask questions, but maybe, John, what we should do is just give us, uh, walk us through the book the best you can and explain some of those essential elements um, that our viewers should be aware of. Sure. Um, well, first of all, uh, to get back to God's plan versus my plan, um, a, a, a substantial portion of the book wound up being um, really focused on the spiritual. And looking back and looking at it now and looking at the situation we face, it is a spiritual war. And I think it's, you know, as God would have it, it's it's entirely appropriate that it has a real strong spiritual message in it. And so um, after the introduction, and then there's a section called um, uh, Broken Arrow, You Are Here, <laughs> which means you're kind of in the middle of it now. Um, it it then turns after talking about warrior mindset, it, it turns to uh, matters of faith. And so there's a really strong component in there that talks about um, our spiritual authority, which I'll tell you to me, Rob, I think that may have been the most surprising section as I wrote it. I was just floored by and really reinvigorated because I had a lot of exposure to that in terms of spiritual authority with Russ Dizdar. But we have astounding spiritual authority, not only to call on our our Heavenly Father to take action for our favor and against wickedness, but also authority within ourselves to, to speak truth to power um, against the demonic, against the, the, the demonic hordes that would like to overrun this, this world. Um, but it, it goes from there. So it talks about spiritual authority, but then it talks about um, spiritual warfare toolkit. That wound up being the, the longest um, section of the book where it really, I really try to equip everybody with the ABCs and the, the practical application of, you know, what do you do in spiritual warfare? And um, and God really laid it on my heart after a first draft to to add that section. So I spent another month writing to add spiritual warfare toolkit to the to the book. Um, and so there's there's a lot in there about being strong, being fearless, leaning on the Lord, spiritual authority, spiritual warfare, and then it it pivots, as you know, to okay. Now there's the spiritual and then there's the practical. There's the the physical realm we we're 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 passing through as pilgrims, you know, not not staying here but just passing through. But in the meantime, you know, we have to do the best we can. And so there's just a ton of practical applications in there. First of all, from the standpoint of um, legal authority that we have as American citizens. Um, there's a lot in there about that knock on the door, you know, what can you do? And there's, there's a really beefy section in there on how to carry the day with public servants who come to your door and don't necessarily want, you know, your best intentions for their goals. Um, and then there's a lot in there about, um, mutual assistance teams, how to work together, how to create a team, how to vet people, um, there's a lot in there uh, about communication with people and, and banding together. And then, um, as you know, there's 
there's, as you alluded to earlier, there's 48 different essential supplements and exhibits. And those uh, cover just an incredibly wide array of things. So for example, they address certain uh, remedies related to a recent pathogen that passed through our population. Um, There's a lot of legal related stuff in there, Uh, not only resources that people reach out to, but for example, Rob, God laid it on my heart to create a uh, a template that parents can use, you know, for anybody who, God forbid, <laughs> they're, and I understand, look, life is complicated. I'm not, I'm not wagging a finger because I don't have an ideal situation for this either. But for kids in public schools or schools where they could be subject to a surprise jab experience, um, a legal remedy to uh, create a backstop against that in a really powerful disarming way against school authorities. There's a bunch of faith-related supplements in there, for example, talking about how Jesus Christ is the armor of God from Ephesians 6, and it's proven out with scripture. That was given to a really um, lovely friend of mine, um, Carlos, who, you know, he he was so excited. He shared it with me. It's all proven out in scripture. It's just, it's just really awesome. Um, and then there's what I called a section of essential supplements called wild weasel, uh, exhibits. And so for example, there's, uh, remedies in there to counter home invasions. Um, there's also detailed instructions on how to build out a really exceptional, uh, home defense platform and, um, and some other, uh, tricks and tools and whatnot. So, when Rob said it's it's pretty comprehensive, it's it's uh, it took almost two years to put together, and I really strived to to really fill in the mortar around the bricks of, okay, you know, you got to have food, you got to have some gold, you need to have some some weapons, blah blah blah. I tried to fill in the mortar around how to really be rightly uh, founded from a faith standpoint, and then how to be well-equipped regarding how the enemy can come in like a flood against you and your family. That's, that's the word that came to my mind is comprehensive. <laughs> you cover a lot of, you know, not, not just the, uh, the physical things that we need to be prepared for, but, but also the spiritual uh, aspect of things. Well, you know, I, I could speak I to would, that for just a second, Rob. If you're looking for how to grow a garden or how to um, how to how to do some of the basics of prepping per se, mm-hmm. I don't really go a mile deep on that stuff because I, f- I feel like those those a lot of those subjects are so well covered. You know, you can go Google that and just spend the next six months just deep diving. This really is trying to fill in around those blocks that are covered. Um, like I said, with mortar so that it, it fills in the spaces so that you're a lot more well-rounded in, in terms of your preparedness. What I like about it is that it's directed toward Christians. Um, you know, many or maybe even most Christians don't realize or understand or probably even believe in the spiritual authority that they possess. Um, so, that's that's one of the things that I like about this. You really flesh that out well. Um, people need to know. People need to know that. It's, well, and, and I'll tell you, here, 
Here, here's an aspect of it that really uh, almost troubles me for those those people who disclaim that authority is if it's true, and I know it is, if it's true that that the good Lord equipped you with authority, he expected you when he equipped you with it, he expects you to use it when and where appropriate and use it in an appropriate manner that is honoring to him. Mm-hmm. And so to, to disclaim the whole thing is just, uh, it, it's, um, you, you're, I'm not saying you, you're, you're, it's, it's, uh, I am not saying that it is compromising your salvation, but I am saying you might have a really stern moment with your Lord and savior come, come, you know, salvation time because you completely disclaim this entire tool set and this, this, um, this active authority that you could use for good, but you didn't because you completely ignored it. And it's scriptural. It's, it's completely mm-hmm. scriptural. So it's, it's important. And, and people, look, if you if you don't buy it, explore it, dig into it. And even, you know, whether you buy my book or not, really dig into scripture and consider the uh, the veracity of it. Because if you're wrong, um, you're going to be held to account. Absolutely. And like you said, you're burying your talents. But not only that, you're putting yourself and your loved ones and people around you in in actual serious danger. So, but like I said, you know, unfortunately most American Christians don't understand it. They don't believe it because they've never been taught it. So they have no clue. Um, And and isn't that a shame? I mean, mean, it's by design, you know, the enemy creeps around like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. And, and I think, it's the the weakening of the church in this Laodicean age starts in the pulpits and um, and and the 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 leadership and the pastoring from the pulpits has um, I think insidiously been designed over generations to more and more reject that power that could, uh, through which we could be so much more effective for our heavenly father. And it's a shame that, uh, you know, you've got to have eyes to see, you've got to have discernment to perceive that, that that weakening is by design. It's, it's not by coincidence and we need to reject it and we need to get back to the fundamentals. Well, and, you know, I think um, pretty much everyone in our, um, well, at least everyone that I see here in our studio audience um, has had uh, some supernatural experiences with um, the Holy Spirit. So I I have no question about that, but uh, hopefully this will get out to a wider audience. And and I, I would ask you all to share this with your friends as well. Um, at this point, before I uh, run out of time here, with I do have a bunch more questions for John, but uh, anybody in the studio audience have any questions? We are all over the place here. We've got uh, uh, Brother Jeffrey joined us from Kenya. So you're, you're talking to Kenya here, John. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's we have awesome. Ron, 
we have Russ in, in Kansas. We have Harry in Hadassah in Illinois. We've got um, um, uh, Cynthia in Milwaukee. We've got uh, Deanna in Appleton. We've got we got lots of people here. So anybody with questions, now's your chance. Yeah, I, I got a question, John. Uh, reading your book, I like the layout, John. You, you don't have to read it from page one all the way through. The way you have it laid out, you can just kind of scan and find a topic you're interested in. Like this would happen to me. I'm on page 76, and you're talking about imprecatory prayers. And here's a thought I never really entertained. You said, um, while you're doing it, exhort, uh, I exhort you to earnestly consider and proceed with imprecatory prayer. That's praying the Lord's heavy-handed, wrathful dealings with his enemies on your behalf. Obviously, you must exercise this authority with discretion. Once upon a time, you would have felt fully emboldened to pray the worst afflictions on one Saul of Taurus. Remember, we are all God's enemies once. That was a, a powerful awakening because if you looked at his life, yeah, I would want to pray that guy dead. And look what God did with his life. Yeah, now, I, he'll do the same with Fauci, but I'm okay. Yeah, I got to agree with you there, Ray. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to resist that urge. In fact, I was I was praying imprecatory prayer this morning. Um, I will say, if you apply some discernment to what you're praying against. You can you can identify some areas on the battlefield that are fair game that are wide open. Okay, um, for example, there is no <laughs> there's no biblical reason that I can imagine or think of where you can't pray against the demons, the fallen angels, the half breeds, the the chimera. The you can pray against all of that because it's all. Uh, irretrievably, um, it's not, it's not redeemable, right? So there is no coming back for those entities. And so you can, you can have at it. Also, another way you can pray in precatory prayer without, um, without fear of, you know, stepping on the toes of the Holy Spirit is as opposed to praying against, let's say a, an individual, you can pray against their plans. You can pray against their evil schemes. You can pray against, you know, speaking metaphorically, you can pray against every uh, pit that they dig for us, every stumbling block. You can pray against the um, the bows that they have drawn against us, the swords they have drawn against us, and and pray for, you know, utter ruination of their wicked schemes. That way you're you're comfortably safe in terms of precatory prayer. I'll tell you another thing I love to pray against is their strongholds. And you can identify different strongholds. You know, there's strongholds of government authority. There's strongholds in the financial sector. There's strongholds in um, media, pharmacia. What was that? Media. Media. Yeah. On and on. Pray against the, the liars, the, 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 the institutions that peddle lies. And, uh, you know, you can, you can be incredibly effective without ever praying against an individual person. Although I also will say, you know what, so what I'll do is, um, 
I'll pray for salvation for those who would bend the knee before the day of judgment. I'll pray that God moves quickly to remove them from the enemy camp. Uh, and then I'll say, you know, Lord, for the rest, you know who your sheep are and you know who the goats are too. And for these goats who are doing these things, and then I'll be more aggressive than maybe some <laughs> believers are comfortable being. But I took care to exclude anyone who would ever bend a knee. And uh, and that's when I'll get a little more aggressive. Um, but And maybe you're not comfortable doing that. In precatory prayer, that's, you know, we could have friendly, healthy debates around that till kingdom come. But um, but there are segments, as I just outlined, you can you can let it rip with zero qualms about whether you're, you know, praying against a future Saul or a Saul of this age. I mean, just think about think about Abby Johnson, you know, she of the subject of the movie um, was is it unplanned? who was involved in something like 8,000 abortions. And now she's one of the most powerful any abortion uh, uh, people and strong believers there is in America. So John, um, we know things are bad now. Uh, What do you see coming upon us in the coming weeks as a nation and especially against us as Christians in the near future? Yeah, you know, <laughs> Steve Quayle is fond of saying that, and I'm going to rephrase it a little bit, but we're not going back to normal. You know, mm-hmm. the word normal does not apply any longer. And uh, and I think, frankly, in some respects, it's I'm thankful that it doesn't because abortion was normal and a lot of um, uh, unbiblical lifestyles were normal and, and there's all that. So we're not going backward. We're only going forward. Um, and Rob, so to answer it in kind of the macro, it's my opinion that, that God is going to shake the foundations of everything that isn't him. And so, you know, and those words are sober to me that I'm sure they're sober to you as you hear me say them, but, you know, God is a loving God. And I think, I think there's a lot of love woven into his plan for mankind. We, you know, reading Revelation, reading Second Timothy chapter four, reading, um, you know, Paul's list in um, in Romans chapter one, that, that there's this de-evolution associated with waxing uh, wickedness that is going to happen. You know, scripture is true. It's going to be true. And it's all going to come true. Um, but I think woven into that is God's love that he, he desires for us to turn away from wickedness. And as he reveals the fruits of wickedness, I think we're going to have an incredible, extraordinary um, season of people who wouldn't listen to us a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago, who aren't saved. But there's coming a season when I think you really, really need to be ready with the gospel because there are people in your lives that, um, you know, they, they wouldn't listen to you for the longest time, but they know who you are. They know you by your fruit and they're going to come to you wanting answers as this thing uh, unravels. But so, but back to your, your question, I think 
you know, whether it's the financial system, whether it's uh, the power grid, whether it's, you know, the schools, our communities, the cities, law enforcement, you know, the um, war or lack thereof. I, I think, I think, I don't know the order and I don't know the timing, but I am firmly convinced that it's all going to be shaken down to its foundations in these coming, I mean, even in these coming weeks, you know, something else, Rob, and I was talking to Dave Hodges about this. I think the timing of things coming, I think there's kind of an artificiality built in because of the election cycle. And so if you think about the timing of, of, you know, a certain, uh, uh, infection that kicked off a couple of years ago, it was, it was perfectly timed to influence the election of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think there are things coming, whether it be, you know, uh, economic collapse, uh, food system collapse, banking collapse, or, you know, a multiple, um, I think there are things pivoting around our election cycle that are causing an acceleration of what otherwise might be a more drawn out collapse. Yeah. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And they've basically, every one of those institutions you just mentioned are um, uh, being, being tweaked right now, aren't they? Yep. They sure are. Man. So what are some of the first things that we should be doing? Um, things we can all be doing today and in the coming weeks to prepare for what's happening, what's, what's coming. Yeah. You know, to me, Rob, and I don't think you'll be surprised to hear me say this. The first order thing to take care of is making sure that your walk with God, your relationship with the living God, your being, um, founded on the rock, which is Jesus Christ and, and pressing in, you know, like Psalm 91, which I love Rob, where it says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. You want to be a secret place believer because that Psalm is not, uh, believe it or not. I mean, go read it. It's not available. Well, it's, it's not realized, I should say, by every believer. There are believers that do not qualify for Psalm 91 blessings. It's it's for those secret place believers who are really seeking God's face, pressing into his his names, his glory, his his nature and 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 striving to um to be close to him. Um that's those are the people who Psalm 91 applies to. And, you know, with what's coming, <laughs> you you want to be a Psalm 91 believer. So yeah. that would be the first thing I would say is really press into your faith because um, that that will keep you closest to safety. And you want to be as impactful a player on this battlefield as this war rages as you can possibly be to bring honor to your God who sent his son, who paid the price that you deserve to pay. He's a God worth honoring with your thoughts, your actions, your deeds, your courage, your your mindset of, of charging at the enemy with five smooth stones like David did with Goliath. 
So, so, so I would say that's job one. Um, well, and let me just add to that. Yeah. Um, as Christ followers, we need to be getting rid of the fear. There, I see so many living in fear. What yeah. in the world do we have to fear? We have nothing to fear. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. Well, and in fact, that's scriptural, right? Like, fe- fear not him who can kill the body, but fear him who can kill the body and soul and throw you into hell. Yeah, I mean, we have we have nothing to lose. Yet so many are fear, fearful. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a great next place to go with your to-do list as we prepare for the end of the world is uh, is that warrior mindset. You know, I, I skipped over it when I talked about what's in the book. The first chapter after the here's where you are now and it's, you know, looking a little rough is a an entire section on warrior mindset because um amongst the training i've done i've done different um sort of military related training with some really interesting folks you know army rangers and spec ops people and uh just really fantastic godly men who are you know know how to set their face like flint and um what was really interesting, Rob, was that to a man, all of them, all of them said that when it comes to a confrontation, um, if you don't come to the confrontation with the warrior mindset, you've, you've got no chance of winning. And so that, but that warrior mindset is entirely consistent with being a believer. You know, I'm not talking about having a bloodlust or or having this overwhelming appetite to utterly destroy an enemy of it's course a, not it's it's a posture it's a it's a posture of quiet confidence knowing and you know that you know that you know that you are on the side of right that you are an adoptive son or daughter of the living god that he will never leave you nor forsake you and he has a plan for you to make you prosper. And uh, and he's got a mission for you. And, and your focus should be on him and on his desire, his call on your life in this hour and, and to get busy doing it, whatever it is for you, because it's different for all of us, right? We all, we're all different parts of the body of Christ. But if you're listening to this, like if you're within earshot of my voice, he has a call on your life and and he is eager to see you do it so that he can reveal more of himself to you and so that you can bring glory to him and and that what a beautiful opportunity cuz think about this rob think about all the saints through all the centuries they they wanted to be on the battlefield in this hour and there's more there's more uh, prophecy written about this time than there was about Jesus first coming. Like this this is the time to be on the field. What a, what a what a an astounding honor that we get to be busy about our father's business as the as the battle rages so that we get to hear well done good and faithful servant. I I just I, I, to me, that's so much more that should be so much more motivating to believers today than, you know, oh, I'm going to wait around for the rapture or, 
you know, oh, I'm just going to hunker down and pray for protection and, you know, hope the blue helmets don't come get me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Speaking of that, um, seems like our three-letter agencies are even our, our local police in some cases and our um, health officials, uh, self-appointed in many cases, can come knocking on your door at will um, yeah. and, and take what they like and uh, tell you to turn those security cameras off. <laughs> yeah. So what do you suggest, John? Well. Because the um, enemy, we should all understand the enemy hates God, and therefore he hates us. So we have all targets on our backs. Yeah. Um, we're the ones they're after. Um, if, if, if you're not targeted, then you're not really in the game, are you? No, that's a that's a great point. It's it's almost an honor to be targeted because if you're not you're 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 not you're doing something wrong. You're not a threat. So yeah, exactly. And but you know, let's remember that the wicked flee when none pursue, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You know that's that's not it, it's poetic, but it's true. And and I've seen it with my own eyes, like so, the the faces of some of these adversaries. You know, we used to come up against like with Russ, like you just you could see the fear just overwhelm um, the the wicked as they saw that that we were wholly unafraid. You know, we we marched in some instances, we would march right into the middle of their figuratively speaking, their camp unafraid and, and to see the terror on their faces as they realized who we were and we were coming to confront them. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's an, it's an astounding thing to see it and to, to feel it. So if you're, if you're inclined to fear and you're entertaining that demon spirit of fear, by the way, like it's a, it's a spirit. Um, I exhort you to, to press into scripture, to press into God's promises, to press into, um, his exhortation, you know, David Wilkerson <laughs> put out a calendar in the seventies. It had a different scripture for every day of the year, exhorting us to be unafraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so press into that. But, you know, back to your question about the knock on the door. Uh, we, th- there is a whole lot that we can do. In fact, there are chapters and chapters and supplements and supplements and supplements, exhorting people and, and girding people with, you know, knowledge and tactical perspective and advice and, um, you know, thoughtful prose <laughs> on all the things you can do. I think at its essence, though, Rob, what you have to realize is the folks that are coming knocking on the door, um, you know, they have a goal in mind. They want they want compliance with whatever they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, objective of the day is. And what they do is that they, through theater and props and numbers and coercion and threats, they're seeking to drive you like a, like cattle, frankly, um, through fear to get you to comply. And almost certainly it's not in your best interest. In fact, it may be drastically, it may be devastatingly lethal to your best interest. Mm-hmm. And so what, what was really profound for me was 
God helped me to see see it for what it really is. It's theater. They they oh, yeah. your house to put on a little play, and the goal is it's a horror show. Okay, it's not Oklahoma. It's you know Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. and so they come to put on a show. But here's the thing, Rob. Here's the catch. It's your theater. You own the theater. It's your house. It's your property. It's your apartment. It's whatever it is. You get to put on whatever production you want to put on. It doesn't have to be their production. And so what you need to do is basically flip the script. You didn't ask for this meeting. And and you don't know who these people are. I mean, so what? They've got a badge and a gun and a and, and some kind of ID. You could go down and, and make one of those in a day or buy it at the co- uh, costume store. So you use your authority as a citizen and king of your castle, flip the script, and then you basically strike fear into them with all of the legal ramifications you have over them if they're overstepping their constitutional bounds, which they almost certainly will be doing. And, um, and, and then also you apply things like filming everything and having a, a rapid response team that you've helped put together. And there are sections in here on how to do that and how to conduct it. Um, where at the end of the day, you're terrifying them, right? Let them flee because they're the wicked, right? right. And, um, and you bring to bear the, that authority that you have as a citizen legally uh, and strike the fear of God in them and right. flip the table on them, flip the script on yeah. them. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is the 80, 87,000 new IRS agents that are armed and uh, willing to uh, uh, use lethal force if necessary in their line of duty. Um, and we're told that they're only going to be those 87,000 new agents are only going to be targeting people that make $400,000 a year or more. Well, you don't need 87,000 agents to do that and they don't need guns. Um, But they're not going after Amazon. Amazon's got a hundred attorneys just waiting 24 hours a day to respond to them. They're going after us. Yep. Because we'll just hand over the money in order to get out of the predicament that they've decided to choose us for so yeah can i speak to that for just a minute rob yeah yeah um because you know i had a long um financial career doing different kind of high finance stuff and um you know so i'm i'm no irs expert per se but i've been around you know mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that long enough to kind of have a, 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 a secondary perspective on it. And, you know, the whole trick with the IRS or, or a big part of the trick is um, they seek to catch you um, in a misstep. And, and even if the misstep is, um, you know, unintentional or, um you know, you didn't have ulterior motives, anything like that. They they find you, you know, out of line, and then the nightmare begins. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I say that to say a couple things. First of all, if you are doing things that are, let's say, a gray area, this would be a really good time to just kind of 
tighten everything up and be above reproach. Um, the second piece of advice I would give you is, and this is like a 90% rule. I mean, this covers a giant portion of, of their capacity to mess with you. Um, the, the whole tax income IRS audit thing is about 90% a game of documentation. Mm-hmm. And so if you really, really sharpen your proverbial sword as it pertains to documenting every last expense, being being above reproach from a documentation standpoint, the the uh, the center of power in that struggle, if they come to deal with you, really moves to your side of the field. And and then they have to sort of disprove your exceptional documentation to to push the issue with you so that being incredibly thorough with your documentation on every little thing um, gives you a huge advantage uh, in dealing with the IRS. All right. We are out of time, folks. That went fast, didn't it? (laughs) Well, I'm just getting started, Rob. I'm just getting started. I know. I know. Well, you know what? Ray's having his event September 9th through 11th, and I bet if you want to drive up here, he'll find a spot for you. Well, that's right around the corner from me. I'm down in Georgia. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I know. So anyway, for the rest of you folks, uh, you can learn more about Nehemiah Strong and John Dislin at johndislin.com. That's J-O-H-N-D-Y-S-L-I-N.com. And I believe this is still accurate. Um, if you enter the discount code WCN1, you'll get 10% off your order through September 15th. That's right. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, good. All right. So got another great program lined up for you next week, um, but we we ran out of time about three minutes ago. So got to say goodbye. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everybody.